Hey everybody, welcome to the Bear Hunting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today or tonight or whenever you're listening to this. We really appreciate your time here. So we brought on a return guest today, uh, Clay Newcomb, who's the editor and publisher of Bear Hunting Magazine. Uh, it's a great podcast. we got some cool stories and great info for you guys. But uh, before we get into that, a um, couple things going on. So first off, this is uh, one of the, this is probably the, yeah, this is the second uh, podcast in our pre-fall bear season uh, podcast dump. So um, just uh, these aren't going to be released on a schedule. Just basically whenever uh, I get these edited, we're going to pump these out and uh, get some information out to you guys before the uh, uh, fall bear hunting season. <clears throat> so um, that's the big news there. So if you know, you're know you looking for a weekly podcast or something, it's going to be a little sporadic uh, just because we got our fall bear seasons coming up. And uh, actually here tomorrow, not tomorrow, two days from now, I head out to... Uh, uh, northern Minnesota to start uh, baiting there and uh, Michigan's coming up too and we're just it's crazy around here so uh, um, getting really excited here and uh, so we want to make sure that we get all the information we got locked away in the the reserves here to you guys so we're not holding anything back so hopefully it uh, can help you uh, achieve whatever bear hunting goals you have this fall so or if you're listening this uh, year from now or you know six months from now the spring or whatever so that's the great thing about podcasts. It's out forever. So, but uh, anyway, so before we get into that though, uh, we got to talk about uh, the partners of this podcast. So first up is uh, we're proud to be partnered with Batum 907 Bear Attractants. So uh, if you're looking for a uh, bear attractant for your bait sites, or um, they even have like like honey burns and that sort of thing. So uh, you know if you're in an area that allows you to sense but not bait, you can use them too. They got these this really cool. It's called attitude adjustment, I think it is. But um, anyway, so uh, definitely check them out. Uh, I I highly recommend them. I've used them for a long time and. Uh, they're a great, great bear attract. In my mind, they're really unrivaled. So uh, uh, highly recommend them. So check them out um, at Batum907.com. And the other partner of this podcast is uh, Bear Hunting Magazine. So uh, this whole podcast with Bear Hunting Magazine. So let's jump right into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bear Hunting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, we got our first ever return guest here on the podcast. I brought back on uh, Clay Newcomb of Bear Hunting Magazine. Uh, he was such a great guest last time and had a bunch of questions after the interview about, hey, you, you, if you ever get him back on, why don't you ask him this or whatever. So, And uh, we barely scratched the surface of what I want to talk about anyway, so I brought him back on. So, Clay, how you doing? Hey, Matt. I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming appreciate on. appreciate so. it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah. So. But, uh, cool. <clears throat> so, let's jump right into it. Um, you know, since we last talked, you've been on a couple bear hunts. How'd they go? Yeah. Well, man, I feel like I've been on, like, bear palooza for the last month. I've been, uh, I've been, I've been to Montana on a spot and stalk, do-it-yourself hunt. And uh, back in mid-May, and then I just returned from Saskatchewan. Um, just got back three days ago. The Saskatchewan bear season lasts till June 30th, and we we hunted the very last week. And uh, so I just got back from that, and I'm recovering from uh, quite a bit of travel. We drove up there from Arkansas 
which I wasn't sure if you could get to northern Saskatchewan from Arkansas, but turns out you can via <laughs> land. There is a pathway. Really? We found okay. the Northwest Passage. <laughs> but, um, so, so, yeah, so both hunts were um, very different. Um, the, the Montana hunt, I went with Jim Sessions of Huskmoth Optics and Best of the West, and we were on a rifle hunt. We took his mules and horses back into public ground and i don't know any other way to say it than we just got our rears kicked um we did not kill a bear we uh it took us it was five days before we saw our first bear so we were gonna hunt for six days so we basically didn't see the first bear until well last light of the fourth day um Mm -hmm. and then and then on the on the fifth day is when we found some bears and we actually saw two shooter bears from about a mile away. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's hunted out West and Northwest Montana, the, a, a bear that's a mile away might as well be on the other side of the planet. I mean, we, <laughs> we couldn't get to them quick enough. And by the time we got there, they were gone. And uh, so, but we felt like we'd found these bears. And so we set up on them for the entire rest of the day. Saw them, in the morning of the fifth day set up on them and uh, we're just certain they were going to come back into this hillside opening that we saw them come through Mm -hmm. and uh we saw two shooter boars in the course of about 10 minutes and a sow so we presumed it was a sow and heat and these boars were following her Mm -hmm. so we're like well hey we're we are in the chips they'll be back and we sat there from 10 o'clock in the morning till Heck, whatever time it was getting dark a month ago. I mean, eight o'clock. Yeah. Um, I mean, he sat there for you know ten hours, and then the next day it was a pretty good ride. We we had to ride the mules about fifteen hundred foot elevation, a couple of miles. So by the time we got back in there, you know, it was an hour after daylight, and we sat there till dark and never saw those bears again. And then the next day we had to leave, and um, basically basically by the 20th of may um the, the, the there was just so much food everywhere the bears were spread out okay. i mean they were just spread out and and uh and we had a particular style of hunt that we wanted to do mm-hmm. we wanted to to get in there with the mules into some back country and guys were killing bears in montana uh during that time and and kind of the the method up there is just drive around in glass openings, you know, just mm-hmm. stay pretty close to the vehicle and glass openings and find bears and just cover a lot of ground. And, uh, and, you know, we joked, Jim and I said, Hey, if we'd have slept in a motel and drove around a pickup, we'd have probably killed a bear. <laughs> and, um, but we, we just didn't want to do it that way. And I'm not above, I mean, that's, it's good hunting. I mean, but, uh, we we kind of did it the hard way and didn't didn't kill a bear <laughs> so but it was a tremendous adventure mm-hmm. i learned a ton jim sessions is a he's a veteran veteran western hunter i mean i think jim's been on over 20 successful bighorn sheep hunts not himself killing bighorn sheep he can only kill a couple but right. he lives in cody wyoming and has kind of made himself available to people that have drawn tags just I mean, just kind of out of the goodness of his heart and lots of situations and mm-hmm. have helped people on, 
on hunts and so anyway i learned a lot from him about handling stock back in the mountains and and uh and uh just learned a lot about the best of the west rifle series uh, the best of the west is the is the company that has huskama optics underneath it mm-hmm. best of the west is also a television show yeah but they make they really do make the top of the line long range rifle i mean the top of the line long range rifle that guys can order and the gun is guaranteed out to a thousand yards and you know it's a it's not a cheap gun yeah uh, but they do oh man it's so technical that long range shooting and um yes it is (laughs) so jim jim and his people are experts at it so that's awesome yeah that was that was our montana hunt um and then so i just got back from saskatchewan and i hunted with colby morrison and bear pro safaris Mm -hmm. and uh colby colby's like 33 34 years old Mm-hmm. really motivated to to have a an adventure an adventure hunt you know a lot of people mm-hmm. wouldn't think of a baited hunt as an adventure hunt but you know this bear pro deal really is an adventure hunt yeah we were we were to get to camp let me just say this we we well most people would have flown to saskatoon mm-hmm. but we drove to saskatoon and picked up a couple of guys that had flown in Mm-hmm. And we drove a long ways. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to be too specific on how far we drove north, but but we <laughs> we drove hundreds. Let me put this: hundreds of miles on gravel roads to get to our camp. Literally, wow. I mean, and uh, and and had this wilderness camp. Colby's got some. Colby's got a neat setup where he's got uh, basically cabins that he assembles. Okay. Like they they're made to assemble and disassemble, and each cabin has a wood stove and real comfortable. But That's it's cool. a it's a wilderness camp, and then we every day would take the boats out and go on these lake systems, river systems, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, get you know way back in to hunt bears that really have never interacted with people before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the bait that I was hunting was was over 20 miles from where we put in on via boat you know so um so that that's an adventure man being on that canadian water and i mean you go rain or shine i mean it's not like oh it's missing rain we're not going to go today i mean we you go rain or shine and uh some of that water can get big and and um it's it's an adventure but uh Anyway, here here was the deal, Matt. That's interesting. That would be interesting to you because I know how much you study bait hunting and whatnot. Yes. Um, it being the last week of June, I wasn't. I didn't know really how the bears were going to be responding to bait. Typically, people say that the further you get into the spring, the less the bears respond to bait because natural food sources become available, and. Uh, Colby told me, he said, hey, man, it's going to be good. These bears are so far north. There's just not a lot for these bears to eat. They're going to be hitting the baits hard. Mm-hmm. And um, and he was exactly right. Um, when we got there, you know, he said, he said, man, they're still pounding the baits. And 
and the rut is still really going on. I mean, they still had a lot of rutting activity mm-hmm. seen on the cameras. And um, so basically the first day, um, Matt stopped me if you had a question or if I'm going too fast here. No, no, you're okay. So, yeah, I just okay. just a comment really quick. That's something I always hear. I've never been able to test it myself, but um, that's something I always hear is that, yeah, after, you know, especially middle of June, the bears, they get off on the natural foods and uh, they stop really hitting the baits. But it's funny because fall season start when arguably there's more natural food and um, and yeah you can still pick them up you know on a fresh bait site let alone yeah. a one that's been a, that's been going for a month or two so that's interesting yeah yeah that's true that's a good point that's a good point so, um the other yeah. thing that about the last week of june that would people a lot of people would say is that the bears would be rubbed out mm-hmm. you know yeah that's but all that was man that was when you see the video you'll see we videoed tons of bears yeah and uh, some of the smaller ones would have been rubbed out but the big bears mm-hmm. and the majority i mean vast majority of the bears were prime hides i mean it was pretty amazing that's cool um but for whatever reason specifically the bigger the big males mm-hmm. were the ones that had the sleekest shiniest coats you could i'm getting ahead of myself but what I learned is that when I see, when I saw a dull colored bear coming in, mm-hmm. even if it was a black bear, but kind of had a dusty sheen to it, or was kind of just didn't have much luster, I mm-hmm. knew it wasn't a mature boar because the every mature boar we saw was just sleek, like a you know, like a like a well-fed dog, you know, that had a real sleek, shiny coat, you know. Really, but, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. Do you yeah, know why that is? It was. That's... You know, we talked about it at camp. It, it's almost like in every other species of animal, the male is the pretty one. Yeah. And you never you never really think about that with bears. No. It's just like the bears all look the same. Yeah. But without fail, without fail, those sows were kind of dusty and kind of, they just didn't shine. And man, when you saw a big, shiny bear coming, guaranteed that it was a boar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was that was interesting. I don't know if that holds true everywhere, but it sure did in <clears throat> northern Saskatchewan. Um, well, that's interesting. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other, the other thing I just thought of too, you know, like, like I've heard, I, I've heard that especially in the, like the far reaches of Canada, right, that the the bear rut can go on for you know most think you know June basically, right. But I've heard the bear rut, especially yeah. where there's um, in more northern climates, especially with a late spring like they have, I would suspect, in northern Saskatchewan yeah. like that, that the bear rut can continue on well into July, if not August, you know. And so I wonder yeah. if, if yeah. in reality, that's almost, um, you know, not necessarily early, like an early rut where they're moving a lot, but maybe, I don't know, that's just all speculation, but that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I think there's, the the bear rut is nothing like a, the rut of an ungulate no. in that ungulate breeding period is totally determined by when they need their fawns to drop for optimal survival. Right. You know, so if a, if a doe's gestation period is 200 days, then over 10 gazillion years, mm-hmm. the, the females that come in at that right time for optimum fawn survival, mm-hmm. you know, that becomes like this 10 day window you know, where there's this rut, but 
Bears because of, and you know this, Matt, and everybody, a lot of people that know Bears have heard it. Maybe some of the listeners haven't, but, yeah. you know, Bears have this, have a process called delayed implantation. So mm-hmm. the gestation doesn't begin until November, so they can have this huge rut. Yeah. But there is a peak of the rut, which, well, peak of the rut's even a, from this, from what I, the research that I've looked at, it's probably even a misnomer to say peak of the rut. Yeah. Their rut is just long and stretched out and yeah. typically begins in mid-May and runs through probably mid-June. It's probably when the bulk of bear breeding happens. Yeah. And, uh, and then in, in Bear Hunting Magazine, we did, a, we did an article one time based upon two or three research projects about the bear, bear breeding period in different mm-hmm. parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And they did the, the, the majority of females were bred in like mid-June. Okay. From like June 11th to June 20th, mm-hmm. but that was just one. That was just one or two populations of bears, you know. So yeah. so anyway, yeah. The the rut. You're right. The rut can stretch out, and and on this hunt, I'll tell you the story. That the, the rut played a pretty pretty <laughs> unique uh, part of this hunt, mm-hmm. and um, so let me tell you about the first day of our hunting. Okay. So Colby Colby takes me and my cameraman Brent Reeves mm-hmm. um, to this to this bait that's. 22 miles by boat and the bait had not been hunted yet this year. He'd been baiting it, but it had not been hunted and, uh, put us in there. He told me there was a big black bear in there that was the target bear. So he's got cameras on all his bait. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, he told me, he was like, Clay, you're going to know when you see this bear, he's that big. Yeah. And he said, Clay, he's, he's been in here. He's been in here he was in here five times yesterday so that's an exciting feeling when the outfitter tells you that and um, and let me tell you this too it wasn't just me that colby puts on bears like this i mean this was the norm yeah. i mean it wasn't like he just waited for me to get there with a the cameraman i mean wait till you hear the other okay. how the rest of the camp did but but okay. he just said clay there's a big, big bear in here. And I said, well, does he have any distinguishing characteristics? You know, how do I know that it's the bear, that it's the target bear? And um, anyway, he was just like, Clay, you're just going to know. He's huge. He's black. He doesn't have any markings. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we get, to, we get to the bait. The trees are so small up there in that part of the world that you really can't climb them. Yeah. Um, so we hunt off the ground in brush blind, mm-hmm. just made from made from spruce bushes and brush yeah. you just sit on the ground mm-hmm. and uh these bears the only humans they've ever interacted with yeah you know colby up yeah. there baiting him you know and um anyway no sooner than colby left we're, we're still i'm talking to the camera just kind of setting the stage and a bear walks out right behind me <laughs> and there's there's a bear on the bait immediately and uh <laughs> So we just kind of sat in and watched the show, and it was a it was a nice boar that came out, probably a two hundred twenty-five pound boar or yeah. more, maybe two fifty. Yeah. But uh, knew it wasn't the one. Long story short, a couple sows came in. Within two hours of being there, the big bear shows up, and uh, I was hunting with the traditional bow, mm-hmm. and the baits were a little bit far for me. They were about twenty-five yards away. Mm-hmm. The 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 main the barrel was and so colby and i moved the the bait barrel to about 12 yards so there's a bait barrel 12 yards away but the bait 
had previously been 25 yards away. So all the bears went down to where the barrel was. And so this bear fed and fed and just kind of hung out way down there at 25 yards. And we filmed him for, for probably 45 minutes. Um, and he was a big bear. I mean, it's hard to say weight or skull size. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, northern Saskatchewan bear, I, pretty easily he, we think he probably was a 400-pound bear, which up there in that part of the world, that's a – that's a monster. For a northern bear, that's that's a monster. That's really a monster. Is. When you think about you yeah. know northern Saskatchewan, basically they have you know grasses, berries, and moose calves, caribou calves, and that's about it that they yeah. that they really have to eat. You know, there's no salmon runs, there's no agriculture, there's no hard mast. That's it. So a 400 pound yeah. bear is a monster. Yeah, especially in the spring. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, yeah, that's exactly right. And um, and their 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 growing season's so short. Yeah. I mean, Colby Colby only hunts the four weeks in June because he can't get into these spots in May. Wow. I mean, there's still ice on the lakes, you know. Yeah. So uh, so it's a short window that they're even awake. You yeah. Know? Anyway, this big bear shows up, and and I. I don't know if you recall, but last year in Saskatchewan, I killed a bear on the first day, yep. and I shot the wrong bear. Mm-hmm. The bear was a Pope and Young class bear, so it was not like a dink, yeah. but it was not the bear. I was really, I really <laughs> went that far north to, to hunt, right. and so I just swore that I wasn't going to shoot one on the first day unless it was the bear. Mm-hmm. This bear walks up. Brent Reeves is with me. He was with me last year. I turned to Brent and I said, Brent, and I was kind of being facetious, you know, it's kind of, mm-hmm. I said, Brent, is that the bear that Colby was telling <laughs> us about? And his eyes were as big as saucers and he nodded his head. He was like, yes, Clay, that is the bear. It's got to be. And I said, okay, so we're in agreement. And we're having this conversation while this bear's right out here. Uh-huh. We're in agreement that this is the bear that Colby's told us about. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, that's what I came to Saskatchewan for was to hunt that bear. Uh-huh. So, the bear stays up there 25 yards. Long story short, he circles around, comes in 14 yards. And, uh, man, a traditional bow in hand is a very funny thing. Um, <laughs> you aim with your, you know, you, you're aiming with your mind almost. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, that's, and you don't really even aim. Well, you don't aim with your mind. You aim with your instincts, but your mind can can mess things up and, Sure anyway, can. I missed that bear, Matt. Oh wow! At uh, 14 yards broadside, <laughs> as big as a barn, uh-huh. and I shoot and miss him. And I was off of my aiming point by probably 12 or 13 inches. Um, <laughs> Whoa! Just, just, just bombed it. <laughs> and uh, to the luckily to the, I bombed it to the correct side, and it totally clean missed the bear. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And. I was pretty, I mean, I was distraught. The bear runs off, and, and I just think, man, here I am up in Saskatchewan carrying this wooden bow, and <laughs> I've already missed one just right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, even when you've had success with a traditional bow, and I was coming off a really good season last year. Yeah. Um, still, man, I mean, every shot is a is a – is a new day <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. there's no aiming mechanisms there's no help <laughs> and uh yep. you know it, every every shot is a is a brand new world and anyway mm-hmm. i missed him 
<laughs> and I just, I was like, oh man, this is not good. I figured he'd come back eventually throughout yeah. the week. Well, so we're sitting there and directly a blonde, just a bright blonde sow walks in with a black boar with her, a smaller black boar, and they proceed to do everything but breed right in front of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, they frolicked around and rolled and he was getting up on her back and mm-hmm. they were, it was, it was pretty amazing bare footage. We filmed them for 15 minutes. I mean, just right in front of us, just awesome. all over each other. I mean, I was turning to the camera saying, Hey kids, you may want to turn your heads. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this, so this is going on. So I've missed a huge bear and then, then, these bears are right in front of us, uh, you know, all butt breeding. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's this bright blonde sow, really unique-looking sow. Mm-hmm. And anyway, all of a sudden, I look up the trail, and here comes a big color-phase bear coming up the trail. Uh-huh. And in the, with the sunlight glinting off his back, he looked like a grizzly bear. He really did. What do you <laughs> see? The, but he looked like a... He looked like a grizzly bear coming in. He's got his <laughs> lip drooping down. And he's got saliva coming off his lip. Mm-hmm. And he can't see what's happening right in front of us. He can't mm-hmm. see this, this boar and this sow doing this, but we know what's about to happen. Yeah. And he's walking, and the camera pans over. And, um, and man, the second that he sees those two bears, he just bolts towards them <laughs> and just runs, runs them right past us. <laughs> just full blast these three bears come running past us and uh and i was just like holy cow that was awesome that's a big bear uh-huh. and i knew he would come back but they they, they ran out of mm-hmm. ran out of sight ran out of hearing but i knew he'd be back and within 43 seconds he was back he looped back in mm-hmm. he walked right up to the barrels at like 12 yards 12 13 yards mm-hmm. and uh i mean totally in range now but yeah. um, my confidence is down. I just missed the bear, and um, he's sitting there, and uh, all of a sudden he he just looks up at us, and I really believe this bear had never interacted with a human ever. Uh, mm-hmm. Colby had never got a picture of this bear on camera before ever. Mm-hmm. We believe it was his first mm-hmm. time ever to come to that bait, mm-hmm. and um, and when he looked up and saw us and he just turns and just starts walking straight towards me. <laughs> and, uh, I, I knew exactly what he was going to do. I mean, I, I say that jokingly because it turns out I was wrong. Uh-huh. Lots of those bears had done that and they'll walk to within about 10 feet of you. And then they'll kind of, they'll kind of stop and kind of turn and then end up walking off. They don't ever get real brave. Mm-hmm. So I just, I was waiting for him to turn he just started walking straight towards me and man he never stopped he never stopped he he walked right up to the blind and bumped into the end of my arrow i'm I'm standing in the blind with the arrow hanging out just over the edge of the blind and i don't know if i was following his nose to like block him or how it happened but the end of his nose touched my arrow, and when it did, I kind of flinched a little bit. Uh-huh. And uh, when I flinched, he reared up on his hind legs and stuck his head into the blind. 
I mean, I could have <laughs> poked him in the eyes. And, uh, wow. and I had a can of bear spray on the ground uh-huh. while, while I was sitting down. <laughs> while I was sitting down, I totally had access to this bear spray. Uh-huh. We've never, I've never carried bear spray in my life on a baited hunt. Uh-huh. I carried it when I'm in grizzly country in the West and yeah. in Alaska. Yep. But I've never carried it on a baited hunt. But this year, I was just like, man, it's probably smart to carry bear spray. <laughs> and uh, so I had it there, and I I reached for the bear spray, and but it would have, I couldn't, I couldn't get to it because if I'd have bent over, I would have had my head like literally in this bear's crotch. Yeah. I mean, like it was like me and you standing <laughs> three feet from each other and me bending straight over to grab something at your feet. Uh-huh. And so, and I totally would have sprayed him and mm-hmm. I never would have killed him if I would have. But I mean, I he was way too close and the situation was out of control. You know, and that's, uh-huh. that to me was, me and the camera, Brent talked about it. That's, that's what happened that was an interesting feeling that I've, probably never had with a bear mm-hmm. is that point when you have lost control of the situation yeah that yep. makes sense yep. I mean, because you know when you're when you're there and there's a bear out there mm-hmm. and and a wilderness hunt like this is a great place to just get to see a lot of bears mm-hmm. to just experience them getting close and you know you get pretty comfortable with them yeah they're really yep. not wanting to eat you right but this dude <laughs> he just barreled right in and I mean, it was just right there. And I, the, the thought, only one other time when I nearly drowned when I was about 18 years old, <laughs> did I think, okay, this is what it feels like right before you drowned. That, you know, that yeah. kind of thought crossed your mind. I thought, this is what it feels like right before you get mauled by a bear. <laughs> uh, I mean, I thought it was coming in. Yeah. Uh, and it's all on video. And that's, that's the cool part is everybody this is, can watch this. I'm and excited Brent to watch this. <laughs> Reeves is the man of the hour because he never flinched. He never <laughs> flinched and he kept the camera rolling. He was like, Clay, if you were going to get eaten, you were going to get filmed being eaten, buddy. And I was like, good man. Good man. But, uh, so... Anyway, uh-huh. the, the bear, you know, the bear really wasn't, I don't want to mislead people. The bear was just curious. I mean, I don't, it yeah. wasn't like he was trying to come and eat us. Mm-hmm. But when he bumped my arrow, he definitely stood up on his hind legs, threw his hackles up, mm-hmm. kind of laid his ears back, you know. And yep. I mean, I thought he was fixing to whack me. You yeah, know? yeah, uh, nothing just, else just, like that, just, yeah. And uh, anyway, he, he, he I just kind of held my ground, and he dropped down on all fours mm-hmm. and just turned and kind of walked away. And, man, I just – I don't know if I drew the bow all the way back. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but he ended up with an arrow stuck in him at about four <laughs> yards, and it hit about the last rib. Uh-huh. And, uh, it was at a steep quarter and angle. Uh-huh. It, was a, it, it was a killing shot, no doubt. I shoot a 32-inch arrow, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it buried up about halfway. You know, mm-hmm. so it had probably 16 inches of penetration. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, and, and so the bear doesn't even run when he's shot. He just keeps walking, and he walks <laughs> out there at about 25 yards. And I grab another arrow, stand up, uh-huh. and uh, and shoot him again. And this time, hit him just like right behind the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he runs off with two kill shots, you know, in his side, and and. Uh, <laughs> 
the rest was history. But it was wow. It was a it was a fun it was a fun hunt and you know yeah. you know I I owe it all to Colby Morrison and Bear Pro Safaris. I mean he he you know I, you know me I, I love to do stuff myself. Yeah. Guided hunts are, are not. I love guided hunts, but that's not what I grew up doing. That's not right. my first choice. But gee whiz, <laughs> you just—you can never, you'd never have an experience like that if you, if you. I mean, sometimes you gotta, you gotta go, you gotta yep. go to wild places like that to experience stuff like that. Yep, and, exactly. Uh, it was it was awesome. It was that's, awesome. And that so, is crazy. Are you sure you didn't shoot a grizzly? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you know what? If we had been in grizzly country, I would have, I would have, uh, you know, we'd have had to have evaluated him. He had dark legs, and really, kind of a tan top, you know. Yeah, but, uh, that's wild. He looked like a grizzly, but he wasn't. <laughs> you're gonna get the, awesome. you're gonna get the game fish after me now, thinking I shot a grizzly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we got it all on film. So. <laughs> Saskatchewan Ministry yeah. of Natural Resources gives you a call. Hey, I want to talk to you about that barrier shot. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, in oh, the, 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 I know that we got more things we want to talk about, but um, oh, dude, this is awesome. So this that that evening, um, my buddy Ryan Greb from mm-hmm. Arkansas hunted a bait that had not been hunted. Mm-hmm. And uh, he killed a big bear within the first two hours of the hunt. Um, that, and this is all on film. This will be on Bear Horizon. He filmed it. Um, he had a sow with a cub come in, and then this big boar came in, and the sow and this boar just went round and round in a in a really amazing bear fight. That's I mean, awesome. dust was flying. Really. And uh, and the sow sent the cub up the tree. Mm-hmm. And the boar c- comes on in, and uh, and Brian said the boar was was walking over trees two and a half inches in diameter, snapping them on the way in. That's the first thing he heard. Wow. There's this sow and this cub at the barrel, and all of a sudden he hears what sounds like a bulldozer coming from probably 150, 200 yards. He could hear brush popping and snapping, <laughs> and a lot of times these boars will do that they want to announce their presence and yeah and when it when that sow heard that she took out after it wow. and uh, anyway the boar ends up coming in and and it's big i mean it's what you come to saskatchewan for and ryan shoots it the bear runs 20 yards and dies mm-hmm. within about 30 feet or so of where the the cub is up the tree mm-hmm. and so the sow comes over and just starts shredding this black bear that's dead on the ground just like shaking it like a dog shaking a cat yeah uh, and, uh, wow. anyway it was a pretty amazing i mean we had an amazing evening of hunting just in terms of bear behavior yeah and um and then ryan's bear was an amazing bear old bear uh i i we estimated to probably weigh 350 mm-hmm. um you know, for a spring northern bear, that's big. That's big. And, I mean, it was a beast. It was bigger than my bear. My really? bear, um, my bear, I don't even know the weight of it, but it was, uh, it, it, 
that scored nineteen five green. Okay. So you know nice. it was a it was a good one. It wasn't <clears> the it wasn't the biggest one. I I think the I mean, but the story the I think the story I makes up for the inches for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. no doubt, no That's doubt. That's awesome. <laughs> no doubt. You know, and then. Uh, that same evening, Mark Cuddyback of Cuddyback Trail Cameras was hunting, mm-hmm. and he had, I think he saw seven bears and uh, and had a big boar come in that he would have shot that uh, he just couldn't get a shot on. So Mark saw a big one. Ryan saw a big one. I saw two big ones, and none of us even hunted till dark, you know. <laughs> right. Um, I think that Mark hunted till dark, but... but the two of us that killed, you know, we didn't even sit in there the whole time. Yeah. But we had a phenomenal week of hunting for, uh, uh, five of us were hunting Mm -hmm. and by day three, we were all, all tagged out, you know? So that was great. That is cool. And that's what you go up to far Northern Canada for. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, I'm jealous. Yep. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that is a great story. So, <laughs> well, I want to jump into this question because I've had the, this um, this from a few listeners, and um, the the general I'm sort of uh, paraphrasing the question, but um, yeah. I have a lot of southern folks that live in the southeast U.S. that um, they. They live in places where you can't bait bears or, and they can't use hounds, either they can't use hounds or they don't have access to hounds. And they want to be able to utilize their bear seasons because they have bear seasons, but they don't really know how to go about doing a public land, um, southeastern U.S. spot and stalk hunt. And I know that you, you're probably one of the only people I know that have been successful more than once at it. And so I was wondering, um, how do you go about, like, especially in the fall, um, what do you do? I mean, I know it's a long shot sort of hunt, but how do you go about hunting yeah. in that sort of situation? Yeah. Yeah, we, we kind of touched on this a little bit last time, I think, Matt. Yeah. But yeah, I think that, we told the that story. That really is a passion. Yeah. It's a passion of mine to, to and it's kind of a target right now. Mm-hmm. As far as my goals inside hunting, yeah. it's taking bears on public land without bait or hounds, mm-hmm. you know, here in my home part of the country. Yeah. And uh, the reason that I have targeted that is because it is such a difficult hunt, you know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, basically a bear is just like any other big game animal. Mm-hmm. They're going to be focused on a food source. Yeah. They're going to be focused on a food source that is finite. So, you know, it's going to be seasonal. It's going to be used up at a certain point in time. And you've just got to find that bear using a hot and steady food source <laughs> when you can be in there and hunting. I mean, you know, I mean, that sounds simple, yeah. but it's, it's, it's true. You just got to find them. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> so, you know, what I did for many years before I was successful was I spent a lot of time, I mean, just a ton of time covering ground mm-hmm. and um, just getting out on public land and just walking in secluded areas. I mean, bears are 
you might you might kill a bear within 200 yards of the road. I mean, totally possible. Mm-hmm. But your chances probably are better further from it. And so, you know, finding these bigger blocks of wilderness is going to be key. Mm-hmm. And then finding bigger blocks of wilderness that are that are huntable. And when I say huntable, I mean just have terrain features that 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 lean towards having funnels, having benches, having predictable animal travel patterns, you mm-hmm. know, corridors inside of them. Yeah. And I, I can't speak for like your part of the world up there, mm-hmm. like big flat country swampland or something. I mean, yeah. we're hunting mountains. So yep. if you're talking about the Southeast, like the Appalachians, like yep. th- that's mountain country. Mm-hmm. And basically all the game moves pretty much in the same general ways. I mean, they're using the mountains in specific ways to, uh, to, uh, to travel. So they're traveling through saddles on ridge tops. They're traveling ridge lines. They're traveling drainages, you know, like creek drainages or draws. Yeah. They're 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 using train features. So if, if someone's familiar with deer hunting, mm-hmm. then really the bears would be traveling in the same kind of areas, mm-hmm. you know. And um, but the, the 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 key is the timing of of finding the key food source in my part of the world, it's white oak acorn. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, tromping around until you find white oak acorns and fresh, fresh bear sign, fresh bear scat, and then going in and hunting them like deer. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're hunting like that, there's no tolerance for human scent. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of talk about scent control and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, they, they are absolutely, intolerant of human odor in a scenario where they know that there shouldn't be a human there yeah so obviously scent control is paramount when hunting the mountains just like whitetails yeah so you know really it's not much different than whitetail hunting um other than like if you had uh, a big you know if you had uh, three square miles of public land terrain and you can pretty much be guaranteed that you're going to be able to find deer in that at any time of year. Like a deer's home range is only so big. There's just always going to be deer. Now the deer are going to move around inside of their home range, Mm -hmm. but still there's always going to be deer there. Bear can be different. Their home ranges are so big. You know, you might, you might go into your spot and there just not be bear there. So you're just wasting your time. Yep. that makes sense yeah so you know we kind of get used to having just our our hunting spots for whitetails that you can pretty much year after year predict that there's going to be deer there but you really can't i have found you really can't do that with bear mm-hmm. because the natural food sources are so variant and the yep. home ranges are so big and you just got to get lucky and, and find where they're at yeah and then what I have found is that once you find where they're at, they're not, it's not rocket science to kill them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, you can't let them smell you. And uh, and they're going to be up on their feet feeding a lot in the fall. And m- all the southeastern public land hunts would be in the fall because there's yeah. no spring season. Yeah. So, you know, these bears, I mean, I've never witnessed a bear feed 24 hours a day, but 
scientists tell us that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's true, but, you know, the fall hyperphagy where they're just gorging themselves, prepping for, prepping for, um, you know, winter denning. Yeah. And so they're up on their feet a lot. They're moving around a lot. They're really distracted when they're eating. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was one question I had was archery hunting in the mountains like I'm hunting. Mm-hmm. I mean, the woods are dry that time of year. Yeah. I mean, you can't walk quiet right. in the leaves, you know, oak hickory leaves. Um, mm. And so before I had killed one with archery equipment in that kind of setting, what I envisioned happening was, okay, I see a bear over there at 75 yards, and that would be a long vista for where I hunt. I mean, there's not that many places you can see that far. Yeah. But, you know, let's just say I saw a flash of a bear at 75 yards and the wind's in my face. But how am I going to get to him, you know, because mm-hmm. he's to get into archery range. But what I found last year was, uh, was man, when they're eating and when they've got their head on the ground, mm-hmm. they just aren't that. they just aren't that in tune with what's going on. Yeah, and uh, you're able to stalk stalk them. Yeah, and that's so that's what I've done is hunting them off the ground, okay. stalking them, covering a lot of ground, trying to find the bear, uh, and and when I find food source, going in there, moving through that area with the wind in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, also, water source. I mean, I killed a bear over a water source last year. Yeah, which is is uh. It's finicky because all it takes is one rain, and then then water ter- water's no longer the limiting supply, and there's water everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you have a if you have a, a a water source or something out, you know, it can be good one day and just absolutely dead the next. You know, yeah. so it's you just got to catch it right. It just seems like it's all about timing. I was gonna say that it know? sounds like a timing thing. You got to time the natural foods right. You got to time. You know, if you want to hunt a water source, you got to time that right, and, and just be in the right place at the right time. But that's interesting. Okay. Now, yeah, yeah, because I know, I know, there's, you know, a lot of the guys sound like they want to put out trail cameras and set up in tree stands and stuff. But it, it sounds like, like you're just more about, you know, covering the a, a lot of ground and hunting fresh sign that you find. You know, basically yeah, no. tracking essentially. Yeah, and that's just my preference. I, I mm-hmm. think uh, there's probably a lot of guys that have been real successful hunting out of tree stands. Yeah, you know, but um, but but I, I prefer to be mobile okay. and just stay on the ground. I just don't think you have any advantage being in a tree. Yeah, that's what I've found is that they they're not gonna they're just not gonna see you. Yeah. Um, now at times I've used tree stands as a self discipline device to make me sit in a place mm-hmm. just you know because <laughs> when you're on the ground you're going to want to move yep. at least me <laughs> yeah and uh so sometimes uh no, not bear hunting but you know at different times i've been like man i'm going to go sit in that tree stand because i don't need to move around and mess stuff up and yeah you yep. know so anyway tree stand definitely could have its benefit in okay. certain scenarios yeah yeah, especially and there are if some you're... guys out in Appalachian. Oh, I was Go gonna. Ahead, I was gonna say, especially if you know, um, something I you know I haven't hunted this, but this is on my here is that um, especially 
uh, like a cornfield or something, right? Sometimes bears will really hammer like a cornfield if there's bears nearby. And I've heard of, of folks setting up tree stands on bear trails heading into cornfields, corn you know. Yeah. So that would yeah. that would be a, probably an application you could do that. But, we're, but, you know, for public land, just, you know, hunting white oak acorns or whatever, that's, you know, your mobile's probably better then. So, okay. Yeah, and there, and there are places where there are agricultural lands that are touching, you know, big woods mm-hmm. um for instance my buddy Stephen patton in north georgia mm-hmm. he uh they hunt bears on cornfields they don't have big row crop agriculture but they've got quite you know i don't know they'll have a 50 acre patch of corn okay and uh but every year it's a timing issue about once every five years the season opening date will correspond with the bears still being in the corn. Okay. Usually they're out of the corn and have eaten it all by the time the season opens. Mm-hmm. But And they hunt them out of tree stands. You know, they, they do just what you said. Yeah. But here in this part of the world, there's no – bears Bears are not eating agricultural crops. Yeah. To, any to speak of. Now, down in the Arkansas Delta, they do. But okay. in the mountains, they do not. Okay. We just don't have any row crop agriculture. Right. Yep. Okay. Makes yeah. Sense. So, cool. <clears throat> well, you touched on something I also want to talk about. So, what's your feelings on scent control? Um, what do you do? Do you do anything for scent control, or uh, what's your sort of thoughts on that? Good question. Um, here's, I think it's, I think it's really simple. Um, you know, in Saskatchewan, in northern Saskatchewan. Scent control means nothing, mm-hmm. and that is the absolute truth. Mm-hmm. You can go up there with all your scent control products, and you would do no better than the guy that was smoking a cigarette in the blind. Yeah. I mean, that's just – I mean, it was hot up there for part of the time we were there. I mean, we'd be sweating, walking mm-hmm. into the stand, running thermocells, mm-hmm. spraying deep, you know, <laughs> on our hands and ears – and uh, watch bears come in downwind of us and just come on in. Yeah. So yeah. in that application, scent control, I believe, and have seen, has little effect. And let me tell you another story where this would be, there's a spectrum of tolerance of bears anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I was hunting with Mark Cuddyback on the second day of his hunt, filming for Mark, and the big target bear came in downwind of us dead downwind of us about 50 yards and we saw him mm-hmm. and he threw up his head and he was throwing his nose up in the air and he clearly smelled us and didn't like it mm-hmm. and he made a couple of big half moons out there for about 10 minutes just pacing and we'd just see bits and pieces of him and we were like oh man he's not going to come in and uh man he just circled around and he ended up down at the bait within mm-hmm. 15 minutes and he so he clearly smelled us, clearly didn't like it, mm-hmm. but he still ended up out in front of us, you know. Yeah. And, and and I would call that bear kind of on the far end of the wilderness bear spectrum of tolerance. Yeah. Because other bears would have just been like, eh. I mean, the big ones usually, I mean, they, they don't want to, they, they, they'll, they'll circle around and kind of avoid you, but they're still going to come in. Yep. Okay, so let's take that and jump to, like, here hunting in Arkansas. Yep. 
the smaller bears are more tolerant of human odor. Sometimes a smaller bear will just come in dead downwind of you and know you're there and just be looking around and real skittish and come in. Mm-hmm. But pretty much the big ones are not going to do that here. And in most places, in the lower 48, for whatever reason, if, if they know for sure you're there, most of them aren't going to come in. So, so the answer with scent control, Matt, I believe is, you know, do the best you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, we want to, if you could be 100% scent free on a bear bait, is that better than having human scent on the bear bait? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you could be completely invisible in that blind, yes, that's better. Yeah. Um, so, but it, scent control is certainly not the limiting factor of baiting of hunting bears over bait and let me emphasize that we're talking about yeah. baited bears yeah we're not talking about spot and stock bears no or we're you know because that's a totally different story yes um so it's it's hunting baited bears scent control is not the limiting factor of the hunt like it is with whitetail hunting mm-hmm. so you know reduce your scent all you want uh that's good i mean um but the thing is, is that you're, you're never, and I really believe this, I mean, you are never going to 100% eliminate your human odor. I mean, you're just not. I mean, I, the marketing of some of these companies is probably borderline fraudulent, and I think even some of it has been taken to court, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't, you can't. You are, you are a human. You smell like a human. Mm-hmm. Just because you wash your clothes in scent shield doesn't mean that you don't still you aren't still made of human. So you smell like a human, you know. Yeah. Uh, so there's I, you know. So anyway, scent control and bear hunting is not as big a deal. Now, granted, do I try to stay scent free when I'm hunting bears, especially here in Arkansas? I do for sure. Yeah. But it's also usually 90 degrees when we're hunting in mid to late September. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you get in a stand and you're sitting still and you're sweating. So mm-hmm. it's just like, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. you're, you're producing odor. Yep. So, uh, and we still kill bears, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. Does that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, so, yep, questions? nope. I just, yep, yeah. nope. That was the, the big thing is whether, you know, you thought that uh, scent can, scent control products really, you know, I mean, any way, any way you can reduce your scent is great, you're saying, but, yeah. you know, there's no way a bear is not going to come in and smell you. They, they know, you know, if you're downwind, if they're downwind, they smell you no matter what. It's just how tolerant they are and, um, and that now also yeah. on that what kind of wind direction do you like to have from your for a tree stand well and now lot? that that's key right there matt yeah. and i think that's the biggest thing that we that a guy can do in setting up his bear bait yeah. and i and i factor this in as absolutely much as possible is the prevailing wind for the time you're going to be hunting yeah. and the, really the only way to stay uh to stay undetected from a bear over a bear uh, over a in a baited situation is to set your stand in a place where the bear is forced to always be upwind of you. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not in any way suggesting be sloppy with scent control. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope that I'm, yeah. I'm kind of swinging yeah. the pendulum to prove yeah. a point that just because you spray yourself down with scent shield doesn't mean anything 
to, yeah. to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or because you pull your clothes out of a plastic bag yeah. and then walk 100 yards and sweat <laughs> like a dog. You, yeah. you didn't do yourself any favors. Yeah. Because uh, I've done that. Yeah. I've done that and been sitting in the stand. But you can, in certain scenarios, you know, set your bait, set your set your stand on the downwind side, you know, of the prevailing wind for that time. Or if you can set your stand up against a, a creek or a bluff or a, a knob, like one of the stands that I hunt is kind of on a little bit of a high knob, mm-hmm. and like a just like a pointed mountain, basically. Yeah. And so I set my stand on the downwind side of the bait with the wind hopefully coming in my face so that it's blowing my scent high above the bears that are coming in. And so that works great as long Mm -hmm. as it's the prevailing wind Mm -hmm. when you're hunting, you know. Um, So stand placement, absolutely key. And, and, you know, all you can do is bank on a prevailing wind for the time of year that you're hunting. And we're hunting in late September, early October, about 80% of the time, in Arkansas and Oklahoma, you're going to have a south or southwest wind. Okay. You're just almost always going to have that. Interesting. So that's the way my stands are set. But about 20% of the time, you get a you get a front rolling through, and you get a north wind, and mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you just have to decide what you're going to do. You're going to take a chance and go in there and hunt. Um, are you going to sit it out and risk losing your bears? And for us, we usually have this sweet spot window when the bears are hitting the bait and then it dries up immediately so usually you just go hunt anyway if i'm just being honest and not trying to sound like a the the perfect bear hunter um (laughs) you know usually you just go hunt anyway because you're like man these bears are going to be gone yeah in no time i don't have the luxury of not hunting Mm -hmm. and a lot of times guys are killing bears that Maybe know they're there, but kind of slurk around the outskirts of the bait, and mm-hmm. you know don't want to come in. But you know you end up being able to shoot them or something. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yep, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, yep, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, around here you gotta, you know, especially, um, especially the big boars around here. They get they get us with you. I don't care what you're wearing. They will leave and go nocturnal or never come back you know so yeah but yeah yeah, that's but it's all depends on where you're at because i mean i've hunted canada too and they're very it's a different ball game in terms of what the bears will tolerate scent wise so but yeah but yeah just got to take advantage of what you have so that's basically the moral of the story yeah so yeah. You know, I, in my hunting, I, I try to evaluate what are the limiting factors of the success of this hunt. Yeah. And I think sometimes we can put the emphasis on things that aren't the limiting factor, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and um, and I think scent control sometimes is, is, is that inside of hunting because bears do have exceptional noses. Their noses are better than deer. Yeah. Um, but they're an apex predator, so they mm-hmm. respond differently to scent. Correct. The human scent. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it's just interesting. Everybody's kind of got to figure out their own, mm-hmm. their own, you know, the way that they kind of understand it and the way that they feel comfortable hunting and, yeah. and uh, you know. Yeah. 
exactly. Yeah, man. Pretty complex issue. Yeah, for sure. Bear hunters, man. We got lots to think about. Oh, man. Yeah, because, I mean, (laughs) you know, this conversation we're having has nothing to do with a guy hunting DIY in northern Alberta. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's funny. And then the the guys out in Montana are like, but what are you talking about? Of course you have the face, you win in your face and you go and stalk them. (laughs) So. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's funny. So. So. Yep. Well, cool. So what's going on? What's new with the magazine? What's uh, anything big and exciting happening? Well, we just sent out the July-August issue of Bear Hunting Magazine, mm-hmm. and it was um, we've never done a fully dedicated hound issue, mm-hmm. and um, so this this one was that. We called it the hound issue, and it was really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we probably stretched it a little bit that we put a polar bear article in there and you might be like how in the world polar bear article have what's it have to do with hounds but they actually use dogs yeah they use these uh sled dogs Mm -hmm. uh, on these polar bear hunts Mm -hmm. and uh so you know hounds dogs are are used on the hunt and uh but but it was a really neat article by frank noska about about his polar bear hunt which is is cool and then we just had several other hound-related issues or articles, and um, the, to me, the, the key article, the neatest article, was a, about a guy named Roy Clark over in eastern Tennessee, mm-hmm. who's a plot breeder, and we did a legendary bear hound article on one of his dogs, and mm-hmm. and I I got to, I got to go over and uh, I photographed Roy at his place with some of his hounds. And uh, just really a neat cultural experience. I mean, man, over there in the the we typically say Appalachian Mountains, but uh-huh. I think the correct pronunciation, according to those guys, is the Appalachian Mountains. Appalachian, so yeah, the the Appalachian <laughs> Appalachian history of bear hunting with hounds is like rich and deep. Yeah. And uh, oh man being over there with Roy Clark, what a guy, what a, what a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, it, it's hard to even describe the kind of the, the connection that those guys have with those mountains and those dogs and those bears yeah. and, uh, really was a neat experience. And I, I hope to get over there and hunt with them, uh, this winter mm-hmm. and, uh, and film a episode of bear horizon with Roy Clark. I, I will see if we can, pull it out but uh, yeah but we you know at the magazine we really want to we really want to service the full spectrum of bear hunting because i think that's what that's part of our you know what we have that's pretty unique is that bears are so adaptable they're so they're so they, they live in so many parts of north america that there's so many vast ways to hunt them yeah so we want to i think it'd be cool on bear horizon to have you know baited hunt up in northern Saskatchewan and then um you know hound hunts in the Appalachian Mountains and then spot and stalk hunts in mm-hmm. Montana on on mules and then spot and stalk hunts in Arkansas um you know just really kind of cover the gamut of black bear hunting yeah and uh <clears throat> so that's yeah cool. that's kind of what I've been doing so I, I we got the magazine to print and then I went to Saskatchewan and then I've just now got back in the office and trying to get my life in order. So. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> a month on the bush, basically. <laughs> so Yeah, just about. 
Yep. I'm pretty excited about the Hound thing myself, too. It's uh, this Saturday is Michigan Hound training season opener, and uh, Wisconsin just opened on the 1st. So all the Hound guys are out, and actually I'm going out for opening day of Hound season here, Hound training season, I should say. So with uh, a buddy of mine, and we're going to try to tree a bear, so... That should be pretty cool. Cool. Are you going to do so, a podcast out there? Absolutely. So definitely nothing beats yeah. a, a live yeah. podcast, especially, uh, yeah, we did one actually the same guy. It'll be Clint. He, um, we did a podcast at his camp and, uh, um, yeah, so, I heard it. I heard it. Yeah. So we're yeah. going to be going out with Clint here this weekend and, uh, it'll be another live episode with him. So it'll be pretty cool. Hopefully some tidbits of, uh, some hounds howling at a bear tree. So, We'll see though. Yeah. He says he's got some fat dogs right now. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. But, oh uh, man, but the bears are fat too. So. Yeah. Maybe it'll be even. Yep. Exactly. Um, so. No, there's a lot of merit, and every every time I talk about it, I, I want to. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like a preacher because <laughs> I seems like I'm always trying to convince somebody to see something differently, but you know. Some people would say, oh, man, what's the sport in killing a bear over a hound? Mm-hmm. And when they say that, it's clear that they've missed the whole point of and, – and, and, and it's not their fault. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not – when you're ha- hunting with a hound, it's not about the kill. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different angle of the hunt that can really only be interpreted and perceived if someone has – a knowledge, a knowledge base, and a foundational respect for hounds. Yeah. And then you get it. You're like, oh, this is not about just gathering up bear hides and meat. Yeah. This is about these dogs. This is about. And so, so bear hunters that use hounds. I mean, they're bear hunters, but they're houndsmen is what they yeah. are. I you think know. if you ask so 90% just, of them, they would say that they're, are you a bear hunter? If you had to choose one label, what are you, a houndsman or a bear hunter? I think almost all of them would say, I'm a houndsman. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and, and it's, it's just and it's, because it is about the dogs, you know, the hounds. Yeah. So, yeah. But. Yeah. And it's, it's just another way to interact with a bear too. You know I mean? You get yeah. the. You get to see this treat bear, and and, every, and all these houndsmen love to walk up and see a bear up in the tree, and it's, it's a neat experience to do that yep. because you're getting to interact with a wild animal in a unique situation um, that you just usually wouldn't be able to. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh, I and I've said it before is that we as hunters have absolutely got to support actively support every legal method of hunting that we have left um even if you don't care anything about hounds even if you've been offended by houndsmen in the past Mm -hmm. that whose dogs have run by you and messed something up i mean i think it's time that we take the high road um and uh as hunters and just be like you know what we need to support every legal method of hunting that's left because i promise you and, and this is Everybody knows this, but people don't think about it. If if they pick off hound hunting, then the next thing they're going to pick off is what is the way that you enjoy hunting. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, it's it's really true. Really and is. Uh, so I'm, uh, you know, debate hunters, and then 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 they'd be after 
Then they'd be after the spot and stalk hunters who just yeah. slip up on bears that don't even know humans are around. Oh, oh man, no, that's the ultimate lack of fair chase. Yep. I mean, yep. it's not even sportsmanlike to just no. walk upon a bear that doesn't even know you're there. Or even worse, trying to shoot them in that. the spring when they're half asleep. <laughs> you shoot them in the spring and they're half asleep. They just came out of the dens. They've got, you know, droopy, sleepy eyes, and some hunter comes up and shoots them. How's that fair? Uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I hope you know yeah. I'm kidding. Oh, I'm yeah. Joking. Yeah, that's the, I'm just, I'm, guys. I, I'm literally bringing up the argument that, uh, liter- that I think yeah, the anti-hunters yeah. have actually used, you know? It's, oh, yeah, it sounds yeah. ridiculous, but it's true. That's exactly what they say, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Th- that's the thing. As bear yeah. hunters, we have got to stick together because there is, I mean, out of all, I, I think, out of all the hunting that is legal in this day and age, the only thing that, uh, the only thing that's probably more controversial is wolf hunting. The next thing is bear hunting. You know, wolf cougars and, uh, and bears are like, you know, the target because they hate yeah. the anti-hunters hate you know it's bears are a charismatic megafauna we have teddy bears we have boo boo and yogi and all these you know images that folks that uh unfortunately don't get to uh experience you know real live bears they they get offended at the idea that someone's going to want to go and shoot a bear and it's because they don't understand you know, they don't understand the tradition behind it, the acquiring of food, the um, how actually challenging it is. You know, and, and other things yeah. like like pre, you know management of, of wildlife and all that. And um, yeah. for you know we're so my my point is you know as as bear hunters, I mean we've got one of the biggest targets on our back, and we have got to stick together because we if we divide, we fall. So, yeah. Yeah. But, that's why I really like what you're doing with this podcast, Matt. I like I like you giving some attention to the to the houndsman and and uh, and also you know the bait hunting and and you you know you're kind of showing the full spectrum of bear hunting and that's good. Oh, yeah. And and most people don't you know most people only have access to one and so that's kind of part of the the complexity of the issue is that most people have access to one type of hunting. Mm-hmm. And so they're naturally going to be inclined to think that that way is the superior way to hunt, yeah. you know, and, and I, and I'm talking houndsmen too. I mean, oh, houndsmen yeah. can, can <clears throat> be the ones that, you know, don't like other types of hunting. So I'm not just mm-hmm. trying right. to encourage bait hunters, spot stock guys to support hounds, but yep. Hey, these houndsmen need to see it from every side too, you yep. know, yep. but, uh, so yeah, just human nature. We tend to think that the way that we do things is, the best and but yeah. in this situation mm-hmm. and with hunting and gen- hunting in general we need to have kind of a macro a macro view of what's happening and because uh, we really do have an amazing resource and amazing resource in in black bears and man they're they're they're, they're doing good i mean mm-hmm. there's a lot of species that you know aren't as strong but boy bears are strong black bears especially yeah yeah from a conservation standpoint yeah that is for sure so and that's and that's ultimately the biggest justification for for us being able to hunt them yeah you know i mean they're there they are there they're thriving and they have to be managed yeah yeah so either we do it or the government is going to do it yeah in whatever way so yeah exactly yes sir cool well, 
forget as much as I'd love to continue this. I know we're getting close to time here. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Once again, we didn't even scratch the surface of everything I want to talk to you about, so we'll have to have you back on. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, no, anytime. Oh, short and sweet, this is good. Yeah. I'm glad I got to talk about Saskatchewan coming home. You know, I'm still kind of on a high from that hunt, yeah. and, oh, and so it was fun to, fun to talk about that. Yeah. And uh, I'd just say to everybody that's listening to this, um, we're not exactly sure on the release date, but you know, mid to late August, we're going to start up Bear Horizon Season 4. And so we've already got three bear kills, and I've got my Montana hunt, which we're going to show. I'm going to make an episode about mm-hmm. Montana, you know. And uh, so we've already got a good lineup, and then we'll have all of our Arkansas and Oklahoma hunting and, and uh, probably a hunt in Tennessee and, uh, and, and a hunt in Alaska that I'm going to be going on, so... We have a lot of diversity. Cool. That'll be in cool. the in the episodes coming up. Awesome. Looking forward to it. One of the biggest yeah. fans of Bear Horizon here, so <laughs> but uh no, thanks, man. Cool. Good deal. It's great stuff. So um and the best part is it's free online. So it can't beat that. Yep. As yep. the saying goes, anything free is worth saving up for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Matt, what are you doing this fall? Where are you going? Oh, you, boy. Uh, so, you... yeah, so I got two hunts this year, or this fall. Um, I've got, I pulled a northern Minnesota um, bear tag. And so me and a buddy I was in the uh-huh. service with, we're going up to hunt way, way north Minnesota. We can almost throw a rock to Canada where we're going. And so okay. we're going to hunt that, uh, do it yourself hunt there. And then I've got my, uh, my typical late season, uh, upper Michigan bear tag. I've got to fill too. So we'll, uh, okay. so two baited hunts and that's it for this year. So, and then next year we got okay. grand plans. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm looking forward to next year too. So, but, uh, trying to go, Somewhere big and cool on a spot and stock hunt next year for the spring season. So, I know. I saw yeah. a Facebook post today. I won't mention anything about it. But. Right, right. We'll keep it under wraps <laughs> for right now, but uh, it's it's pretty exciting. So, but yeah, cool. Yeah, so good, man. Yep. Well, we so. we've already made our plans too. We're I'm I'm going back to uh, Northern Saskatchewan again next year. Yep. Um, same week. I think we're going to probably go the last week. We really like that last week. So mm-hmm. that's the only plant hunt right now. I have plans for next year, but I'm yeah. sure some more will pop up. Yep. Yeah. Lord willing. Yep. Exactly. So. Hear you there. So cool. All right. All right, Matt. We have hey, my pleasure to be yep. on and uh, appreciate what you. you're doing. Yep. Thanks for coming on again, Clay. And, uh, Look forward to talking to you next time. So, and okay, thanks for, man. Lis- thanks for listening, everybody. So, catch you next time. See ya.